0: we are back baby we are back we are back you are looking live we get after it you know we jabber jaw we go tit for tat we have our little differences let's get funky like a monkey and here we go is the Moose and Runes podcast. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time you are listening to this, I'm Joe Musso alongside Matt Rooney. We're here to talk some Chicago sports with you. We're going to do this thing once a week, Mondays usually. Matt, pleasure to be back on the horn with you, baby. How's it
1: going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Been a little while. I know you're not doing quite as well as I am after uh, after this weekend's draft, but I think we'll get to that. I've had plenty of time to lick
0: the wounds, but uh definitely a little bit of a pent up anger we're going to just release here. This is going to serve as a good uh you're going to be my therapist here for about thirty yeah, minutes. because because
1: you said we're going to release you're going to do the releasing
0: i'm actually all right i'm feeling I'll okay. do enough okay, releasing for both of
1: us matt we'll get there well let's let's go for it
0: all righty so we're we're obviously talking n f l draft matt it, it was uh it was quite the whirlwind of a weekend uh, a lot of emotions. A lot of uh, questionable decisions, let's call them, but uh, we saw 200 and some guys become uh, become new NFL uh, pr- prospects, some of them stars to be, but uh, what were some of your big takeaways from the draft,
1: Matt? Uh, you know, I think it was we talked about it a little bit before with each other, but it was it lived up to the hype as the most unpredictable first round as I think anybody of us could have imagined. I don't think going into round one anybody saw Jonathan Allen all, all the way down to seventeen, the Bears jumping up a pick to grab Mitchell Trubisky or you know Malik Hooker dropping to the Colts at fifteen, and we, you and I were talking about him going to two. So I think just it, it lived up to the hype is is probably the most entertaining first round we've seen since it's gone up to prime time.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely entertaining and some jaws were on the floor even after the Bears just
1: easy indescribable move
0: at the top. I know we'll get there, man. Easy, big fella. It honestly it irked me to no end because. It was a watershed moment for the Bears as a franchise. You could have gone in one direction, and this was the draft where you start to build that core, where you where you beef up on defense, where you get those players you need, where you fill those holes. And I really think that that was the plan going into the draft, but... It it was not executed. Ryan Pace woke up in the morning on Thursday and said, forget it, we're going quarterback. And I really think that's what happened. One of two things happened. Either he woke up on Thursday morning and said, we're going and getting this Trubisky guy, or he hid the pick from John Fox. Both of those instances are extremely problematic for a franchise trying to move forward. Because if John Fox doesn't know that you're going quarterback, then no one really knows you're going quarterback except you. They didn't even interview Mitch Trubisky. Excuse They, they me. did. They Mitchell did.
1: Trubisky. They did. they did. They interviewed him? They did not. They, they kept it very quiet. But if you if you read any of the reports, papers, tweets, whatever, afterwards, they not only had dinner with them, they held private workouts a couple nights before, or I believe it was the night before the draft. They had well, the I'm glad they private enjoyed a workout. nice steak dinner with them, Matt. What, but, what is the difference between what, – what, what, it's an interview, so what if there's a steak involved?
0: That's I was saying that in jest, but Mitch okay. Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky was just, is as surprised as all of the Bears fans were. Mitch I Super, don't Mitch think Trubisky he was. He I think was. he sold
1: it. I think he sold it.
0: I don't know if he sold it. He has the general malaise over his eyes. I'm not going to be hard on Mitch Trubisky. That's the last thing I'm going to do. If he turns out to be the future of the Bears franchise and we have this kid playing quarterback for ten years, God bless. I'm rooting for that. I'm hoping that happens. That doesn't change the fact. That you sacrificed something that you didn't need to sacrifice to go get them, and created dissent within your franchise.
1: I will give you that. I, I do think that if you're going to be mad about something, you can be upset about the Bears, you know, trading draft picks to get up there. Although by the end of it, they kind of did recoup some of those picks. I think you can be mad that you know if if you wanted Jamal Adams like I did, I believe you said the same thing. You wanted Jamal Adams, and they 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 went out in another direction and got a quarterback. That's fine, but taking it out on the kid on the quarterback who no, that's granted, that you know. It probably isn't going to work out. We don't. We have no way of knowing yet. For probably two, three, four <laughs> we years. We can assume. I just assume because I'm a Bears fan. Uh, if the Patriots would have traded up and taken him at two, he'd have turned out. Murphy's to be the next Law: star.
0: What will but, go wrong? What can go wrong will go wrong. That's exactly. Kind of the Bears that's, that's 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 what happens
1: for the guy who's taking the snaps for the Bears. But him getting booed at a Bulls game. Yeah, that was, game sick. That was just ridiculous. How, was, how are you? How is anybody mad at this kid? It's, he, he just got drafted by the Bears. He's your quarterback. He's you hopefully your was, franchise that was,
0: quarterback. That was a, th- that was all the meathead six seventy callers. That was Jim from Melrose Park. This Trubisky kid's already the problem. Uh, your, your first gonna, problem
1: is you pronounce Trubisky right there when imitating
0: Trubisky. This Trubinsky <laughs> kid, or whatever you want to call him, he's not he's not the problem. He's been he's been thrust into a situation just like every single one of these other new NFL. I don't want to call them stars, but prospects. These new guys that have been drafted all have been brought into unique circumstances, 32 different circumstances. As a quarterback, you almost want to go as a mid-round guy. You almost want to go to Houston. That's got a good defense ready for you. you oh, we'll get to that, to but that, that, that pick is great. So even if Mitch Trubisky is the second coming of Joe Montana, we probably won't see it because he's not surrounded by one, the players he needs, and two, the the culture he needs, because the culture of the Chicago Bears is up in the air right now. Uh, if your GM and your head coach can't get on the same page, bad things happen. See Garin Pax. See Tom Thibodeau. I know we're taking it a different stretch in there, a little di- different. We'll direction, get to that.
1: We'll get to that direction a little bit later too. That one. But it, be, there's it, just there's just no there's just no cohesion. The one thing you brought you did bring up the culture, and that's that's another thing that scares me a little bit too about this pick is a this coaching staff. If all things go the way they probably will, likely isn't here next year if this team goes 5-10. and 10, And then you, I, I, I'm worried you're losing the rookie year of development that you put in with Trubisky. So yeah. if you're going to go for a quarterback and you knew oh. – yeah, I think if you're going to go with a quarterback and you kind of knew that that was your plan – because I do think Pace, maybe maybe though he kept it a little bit tighter, the chest, team with his or, own organization, had that plan going forward. If you're going to do that, don't bring John Fox and Dowell Loggins back without either – you know, without an extension, either get rid of them or extend them and say these guys are going to be the ones here developing Mitch Trubisky. If Dow Loggins was the one developing Mitch Trubisky, it might be a little. Seat bit fillers, weird. seat but, fillers
0: never do well, even I, if they're exactly. big name seat fillers. I need, they don't I, do I well. need
1: him to not be, you know, to be here for more than one year because that's just, it's not going to, might not stunt Trubisky's growth, but it's going to delay it if he's got to, you know, learn a whole new system, new terminology, new plays, all that stuff.
0: And Matt, let's not sit here and pretend like it's not. We're not going to be two and seven week nine, and putting all the pressure in the world to get this new oh, kid in. I, I, I was going to get gonna, that. I was. I was doing a little the fan research. Base is going to be calling his name by week five.
1: Doing a little research, looking at the bear schedule this year, man. And it is a. It's. It's a it's rough a, start.
0: It's death march.
1: Atlanta it's at right Tampa, Pittsburgh at Green Bay, Minnesota. But isn't bad anymore. I'm, at Baltimore, Carolina. What's the first at New win? Look at
0: that schedule and show me. Tell me
1: what the first guaranteed win. You're, you're, there, well, there is no guaranteed. Win. What week? Is I, I think Cleveland. Yes, I,
0: Cleveland's, Cleveland's the second of last week, right? I think. There's I think. I think you're hoping win. your
1: first win is Monday night at home against Minnesota.
0: Because that's the big. That's the big layoff Thursday right? But here's the right? thing: you start. You start
1: out zero four. You lose to Atlanta. You know, which is probably going to happen at Tampa. Tampa's offense is as good as anybody's in the NFL this year. They're going to torch the Bears' secondary. Pittsburgh is probably going to beat us. At Green Bay, we're not winning a Green Bay on a Thursday night. Yeah, only Cuddy. Okay, day, man. So
0: I mean, we, we've kind of we've glanced on it here, and you know how I feel on this. But after kind of the dust settled, and we gave it twenty four hours, we woke up and we, okay. There's still there's still a handful of picks to do something with, and then it full fell even further downhill. Three non FPS picks, a tight end that's twenty pounds overweight that everyone loves his. Film loves his. We didn't know who this. We didn't know this kid's name until they called it again. You got an undersized running back. Let's call it what it is: a punt returner. And you got a defensive back with a rod in his leg. Like what happened days two I, and three? See,
1: I, I'll say the Eddie Jackson pick. I'm a big fan of because they, from everywhere I've kind of read and done a little bit of research, he's would have been a you know late first, early second round pick had he not gone and broke his leg. And it looks like at the very least, he's going to be a standout on special teams for these guys going forward. So that's a really high talent pick that you know just had a rough break in the. Well, you know, I like an SEC safety and an That's right.
0: I like an SEC safety. I like an SEC talent. But at the same time, you got to look at what's happened to these Alabama defensive players. They get worked harder than every other team in the NCAA. They Nick do, Saban, Nick last Saban, last Saban isn't creating prospects, there. Nick Saban's winning championships. So this guy's already kind of burnt it at both ends and has a broken leg, if we want to look at it from the negative.
1: Last couple safeties to come out, out there. Know, done all right for themselves. Landon Collins is a pro bowler. Ha ha, Clinton Davis uh, so, yeah, should ha, be a bear, but the Bears decided to pass on him for Kyle Fuller. No surprise. Is also a a pro bowler. But you know, Eddie Jackson looks he looks like he's got a lot of upside. And it, it, I, don't, yeah. I don't think, granted, it's a broken is, leg, which is incredibly serious. and You know, I had him, had him out for the year, but it's not like it's a it's a ligament injury. It's not like it's a soft tissue injury that's going to keep lingering. It's kind of it happened, but, it broke, and now it's healed. But, never broke you know what? Leg, it's a, so it's
0: a shame that that he's our big win. That's that's a, it's a shame that that's our big win. This For draft. now,
1: that's our big win. This draft, we don't know.
0: Well, what what else is gonna what else is gonna come of it? Because even I hate that I hate the people that are rationalizing the Trubisky pick with saying it doesn't matter if you got fleeced out of three picks if he becomes our franchise quarterback. Yes, it does. You're building a franchise. Every single one of those picks matters. Ask the Seahawks what they did with their late round picks and free agency
1: that's how you build championship pedigree i agree with you to an extent but i'm also the fact that pace went out and recouped some of those picks back and I, what he did with them to use them uh you know we can debate till the cows come home but if you want to go out and trade a couple mid round picks which are you can find gems in the mid rounds you can find superstars hall of famers in the third and fourth rounds you know, obviously, but you can also you're just as likely, if not more likely, to find guys who won't be on your roster in a couple of years, and if you think expending a couple of those for a guy who's, who you think is going to be your you know franchise quarterback who Ryan Pace has now firmly bet his job and his career on as yeah. a franchise quarterback, I'm okay with that. I get it. It is the most important position in sports, and that's coming from somebody who doesn't really like quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, but at, at the, on the same, at the same time, in that same breath, Matt. Quarterbacks matter, and I'm not going to be critical of Mitch Trubisky, who's 22 years old and has only started 13 games. We don't even know if he can play football yet. But tell me why, and Cleveland's decision 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 pardon me decision making it has never been you know the hallmark of the NFL. But Cleveland needs a quarterback, and they pass on him at one. The kid's from Ohio. Doesn't that scream Browns? What did the Browns know that they didn't pick this kid?
1: Well, from all indications, the Browns are actually pretty darn close to picking this kid, and they decided that they were just going to go with the best player on the board, who is Miles Garrett. Who I think, if he fell to number two, and the Browns did go with, I don't know, Jamal Adams. Not, I'm not going to say Trubisky because I want him to be there for that next pick. But if Trubisky was available and Miles Garrett was available, I would have bet a lot of money. The Bears would have popped on Miles Garrett too. Yeah, Miles and, and Garrett. One- from all indication, is granted he had a little bit of a production issue, but you know, last year with. And getting half of his sacks, I think, against UT San Antonio. But he's got everything you're looking for in a talented defensive end and a pass rusher. And from what we've learned the last couple of years, look at the Broncos a couple of years ago. If you it's have just, that elite the, pass rusher in Von Miller, you know they're hoping Miles Garrett is their Von Miller. You, you can win a Super Bowl with you know a Peyton Manning the, who can't throw the football anymore.
0: Yeah, it just completely surprises me that Cleveland and the New York Jets showed more restraint in this draft than the Chicago Bears could. This was, that's what this was. This was the lack of restraint. This was buying flashiness. This was buying into a headline. This was thinking that your franchise guy's there and at all costs going to get him. And I can respect the fact that they located their guy and had to, and did what they thought they had to do to go get him. But that decision can't be made 90 minutes before
1: the pick. How do you know it was made ninety minutes before the pick? Because
0: John Fox didn't know until 90 minutes before the pick. So, like I said, either John Fox was kept out of the loop, or that's when they made the decision. I either would guarantee no John Fox at
1: least knew that option was on the table. I if he came into that totally blindsided, I would be 100 percent shocked. I was listening to I think it was Waddle and Sylvie, you know, the day and it was the day they were introducing Trubisky, and Waddle essentially confirmed on the air he obviously wouldn't tell who told him what, but John Fox knew about the pick. How long that how you know how long before he knew about the pick, yeah, we'll never know. But it this isn't like Pace walked up to the Goodell walked up to the podium and Mitch Trubisky picked Mitch Trubisky for the Bears and you know Fox's jaw was as far down on the floor as mine was. Yeah. I just uh
0: I didn't like I didn't like how it shook down from Thursday to Sunday. It didn't make me feel like we're heading in the right direction as a franchise that's on the brink of either moving in the right direction or moving in the wrong direction. It felt like we moved in the wrong direction over the last four days. And that can't happen at the NFL draft. You can't move in the wrong
1: direction. I still think if you look at their picks, with the exception of, you know, Tariq Cohen might turn out to be, you know, the next Darren Sproles. Anyway, oh, he, he, that's it, what they say about everyone no, no, shorter than 5'8". No, 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 You got, let me, see, got let me finish, guy let me finish. I, I was going to say I don't think he's going to. But if you look at the other picks that they made, they did address needs that they had granted they didn't go on the defensive side of the ball like we like we all thought they would they needed a quarterback they went out and got the guy who they think is their franchise quarterback whether you like him or not that's up to you whether you like adam shaheen or no you don't know much about him they they needed a tight end their only tight end on the roster right now i believe is is zach miller at least the only one who's going to make an impact and zach miller hasn't played a healthy season in the nfl he's not going to be healthy again next year they need another one and uh, the, the Shaheen of- kid's
0: ideal for the wing T. If we're going to go back to the wing T, the Shaheen
1: He had six, really 16 touchdowns in 11 games. I don't care if you're playing D2 or D3, whatever. 16 touchdowns in 11 games means you can go up and get the ball. Go on. Uh, and then Jordan Morgan. I, 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 the, Granny's from you know, a little school called Cuts Down, but they need an offensive lineman. They went out and addressed the need there. And I, I think of any position in the draft, offensive line is the one you can tell most from the tape and not necessarily the competition. And if you see the footwork on the guy, you see the physicality on the guy, it doesn't matter if he's playing. It cuts down. If he's playing at Illinois, Wesleyan, if he's playing at Alabama. If you, that's the most I think the film is the most telling of any position on the field, is an offensive line. If they like what they saw at him, I can't blame him for taking him. Yeah, I just um It's it's not the needs we thought they were going to address. And I think that's a little bit why everybody was so upset because this this did seem like a very Maybe not for everybody else, but for the Bears, it seemed like a very cookie-cutter draft where we kind of knew exactly what we were going to do. Everything was going to come out this way. And, you know, we got thrown a curveball. The status quo was upset a little bit. You know, we never see the Bears do this. They never go way out of their way and, you know, shake the – they what, traded up two years ago for Leonard Floyd, but them trading up for an edge rusher isn't that big of a shock. We don't see the Bears do this, and it just it shook everybody to their core. And yeah. I, It was kind of funny. Like, it was fun to watch. The, there was – I mean – it was nothing but frustrating for
0: me because I know, when it came I know. out when it came out that they were bidding against themselves. Can we take a moment right now and just applaud John Lynch, at his first draft that he pulled off a move like that and and got and maximized their picks and did everything he could to put them in the right position. You know what that does too? It tells the rest of the NFL that the Bears are kind of gettable. That this front we office we don't we gettable. don't know
1: that. We don't know how badly, if at all, John Lynch pulled the wool over Ryan Pace's eyes. You don't know who was on the. Phone Every with John single
0: Lynch. NFL insider reported Joe that Joe Peter no King else, came out with No one else Peter was vying was for the, the two spot to draft Mitch Trubisky.
1: Peter, not to, maybe not to draft Mitch Trubisky, but I don't. I guarantee you, John Lynch isn't telling Ryan Pace, "Hey, yeah, you know, we want to sell this number two pick, but Cleveland wants to move up and take uh, Solomon Thomas." So we know no, he want probably Trubisky, said, "Cleveland but...
0: wants to move up and take." Uh, Cleveland yeah. wants to move up and take the two spot. So you have to have exactly. the wherewithal or the the knowledge that if they're not going to take. If you don't Trubisky. think
1: it's worth that risk, though, if you don't think it's worth passing up on possibly losing your franchise guy, you go up and get him. I mean, there's no sure thing in this world. And if you think that Cleveland's that team that's going to come up and trade for him, you got to go get your guy. I know it's you, not you the gotta, guy we wanted. You got to have, a you, gotta have
0: a you got to have a you got to have a plan B that doesn't include your quote unquote guy because you need to be able to if you think. You're ready for a franchise quarterback. You think you're ready to win. And credit to to Pace for thinking that the Bears are ready to win, but I think he's wrong if that's what he's thinking. The Bears aren't ready to win right well, now. Well, I don't think so he thinks they're you ready to win so because he went you out and got a quarterback
1: who's not ready to play yet. He went out and got a quarterback who's a little bit more of a Needs to Okay.
0: Okay. So sit in your three spot. If the quarterback's still on the board that you want, go get the quarterback. If not, go get the world beater safety. Go get a quarterback in next year's draft or in free agency. Next year's draft's oh, supposed yeah, free to be a quarterback.
1: They got a lot of quarterbacks out there, Joe. Mike Glenn the top target in free agency. Kirk
0: Cousins is going to be a free agent
1: next year, pal. He'll get tagged again. You know what? They're going to pay. Washington's going to pay him thirty-five million next year to come back for one year. Besides the point, I'm saying is there needs to be a plan B
0: in place to where if this kid does go off the board at two, we have a plan to make other moves at three. And next year, go get a Josh Rosen. Go get a Sam Darnold. Try and pry the life out of Jimmy Garoppolo out of the Patriots hands or something See, like there's other there's other plans you can't fall in love with one plan
1: it's easy to say though go out you know next next year's draft go out and get a Sam Darnold or a Josh Rosen but those guys are going one two next year and I I, I don't think Ryan Pace is sitting in his office planning and go like, hey you know we're gonna suck this year we're gonna go one two we're gonna get one of those quarterbacks those two those two are either going one two to whoever gets that pick or somebody is trading up and giving three or four first round picks to get Rosen or Darner, Which, if you want the Bears to do that, okay, I would probably disagree. with you. I don't think trading four first round picks, three first round picks for anybody is really worth it. But where do you think?
0: Where do you think the Bears draft next year?
1: I don't know. They're probably in the top five. You had to. They're probably in the top five. To, to I was going to say. I was, was going to say. Like, there's no way they're at it this morning. But I also don't think they're going to be as, worse as, the, as bad as they were last year. Because if you look at last year's like. Last year went about as bad, and everything fell against the Bears as as, as it possibly could, and they yeah. still were three and thirteen, and they were damn Aaron Rodgers sixty yard whatever touchdown pass in the last minute of the game away from being four and you know four and twelve. And there, there are multiple yeah, the more games. Coveted, There's a the lot. The coveted four and twelve. Hey, no, but, but what I'm saying is that they were not. They were. They finished three and thirteen last year. There are a couple other games that could have swung either way. They might even been five and 11, 6 and ten, which is and not, they it's also- not, coveted. It's not coveted. It's not coveted. It's not what we want. But what I'm saying is that's not going to get you a top two pick in the draft, which is where Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen are going to go. And okay, can I also say one other thing? Don't tell me at the end of the
0: season I can't root against the Chicago Bears because if Matt Barkley doesn't put a snowball on and beat the 49ers. We don't lose those two picks cuz we're picking at number 2. So don't tell me Totally with you when, there. don't tell me when there's two games left in the season that I have to pull out my Walter Payton jersey and still pretend like I care about this damn team.
1: I, I that, there I'm totally with you. It, it, it's it's you know what's best for the team and while it's going to be really hard for me to turn on a game on a Sunday watching the Bears play. I don't know, I forget who they play at Cleveland. In week six, you know, week sixteen, and say yeah. I'm rooting for the Browns, which unless Deshaun Kaiser's in there, probably I'm going to be. It, it's going to be hard for me to not root for the Bears, but deep down, I'm going to know, yeah, I, they should probably lose this game. Yeah,
0: and uh it, it was just it was tough to watch. A lot of a lot of weird takeaways, but like you said, it'll be three years till we know what
1: came. From yeah, it, it, you get these articles, you know, after the draft. I'm looking at NFL.com right now, and they got you know they're grading every team's draft. They gave the Buffalo Bills straight A's. They won 2, 3 and overall grade straight A's. I mean, are you really what what do you know that I don't? How do you know that, you know, Tredavius White is going to be an NFL superstar? How do you yeah, know what Matt Milano At the end of the day, at the end of the day, that got
0: that was that guy's assignment. He had to write it. No, down. no, I know and I'm
1: not that's I'm not more so ripping the right, not ripping any right, but like that's more on the website. I think it was ESPN. I was listening Jeff Dickerson was on with Waddle and Sylvie or one of those shows and kind of said like is actually pretty awesome. This is the first year in forever. ESPN's actually not having us write draft grades, and I can tell you all <laughs> of the beat writers are absolutely thrilled because draft grades make no sense. We should go back to the 2013 and see what the draft to so, twenty thirteen. So here's the thing. Crap. I I went through I was going through last night because I knew this is what you want to talk about. They searched 2016 NFL draft grades. You wanna you you wanna guess what the Atlanta Falcons were given last year? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a clue. It starts with the war it, it's it's uh
0: you're gonna give me the letter. You're gonna. Yeah. T- <laughs> I'm gonna tell
1: you the word. It, 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 it's a D. They got a D. They got a D. And I, I so I I googled you know some of these you know some of the guys that they drafted. You know their, their first round pick was uh, Keanu Neal out of Florida. They drafted linebacker Deion Jones, Devondre Campbell. Then uh, opened up an article from from post NFC Championship game. You know during the the, the two week doldrums in between the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and the NFC Championship games. 3 of the 4 rookies on the Falcons Super Bowl losing granted defense were draft picks. Neal Campbell and uh and Jones were all starters on AFC or an NFC championship team. It's all about and, what you do with the given, talent once you get it in given, the door. Exactly. They were given a D in that draft.
0: So don't yeah. tell me
1: what just happened in the that this draft isn't or isn't going to work out.
0: Yeah. Well, Matt, we will see and uh it uh, only time will tell whether Mitch Trubisky is the future of Bears football.
1: Bear down. Airing of grievances? I'm ready for it. I know you're much more ready for it than I am. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of
0: problems with you people. You're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind? Because I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Matt, I got a problem. And uh, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. My airing of grievances this week, week one, the maiden voyage, is short-sightedness. I'm taking short-sightedness to task in all aspects of life. Anyone who knows me Knows that I love a good plan. Mm. I like to have things in place.
1: Big plan I like to, guy.
0: I like that. I'm a big plan guy, and I like to see a plan get executed. You got to prepare. It's all you. It's all you can do. You can prepare. You can prepare. But you can prepare all you want. If you don't execute the plan, your plan is worthless. And if you want to be short sighted and you want to act out of short sightedness and just go with every single whim, there's going to be repercussions. Let me tell you what the repercussions of short sightedness are, Matt. You get worked out of three picks. You sign two quarterbacks and guarantee $47 million to them in a four-month period. You've got a starting quarterback who feels slighted. You've got a head coach that could very well feel wronged. You've got a defensive coordinator that feels like he got no help. You have a fan base that almost can't trust you. You have a league that knows you're gettable through trades and free agency, and you have a 22 year old face of your franchise with the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yes, he'll get a year off, but when he comes in, when he gets under center, he's going to feel what it feels like to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. That's what short sightedness gets you. You know what a plan gets you? A plan that's executed properly can get you a championship. Defense doesn't win championships, offense doesn't win championships. Quarterback play, I don't care what people say, doesn't win you championships. Organizations win championships. Crafts win championships. Elways win championships. Schneiders win championships. Kraft and Belichick, this year's draft, they traded away all of their picks. They didn't take one of their original picks. You know what they did? They traded those picks away and took a bunch of guys who've played NFL football before. That's a novelty idea, but kind of takes a little bit of the scouting out of it. John Elway. Three years ago, built a defense, went and got his franchise quarterback one year later, won a championship. John Snyder, what did he do with the Seahawks? He built a core in late round picks and free agency. Let me read you some names. Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Lockett, K.J. Wright, all third round or later. Doug Baldwin, Thomas Rawls, Curse, undrafted free agents. Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill, free agents. That's what wins you championships. It's not going to be picks one and two. It's going to be what you do with the rest of your picks if you have them. And if you don't have them, that's usually a product of short-sightedness. So while you're dancing in the ballroom, Matt, enjoying your baredom, there's an iceberg dead ahead.
1: Oh, that was good.
0: Yeah, I kind of wanted impressive. to go out on a little, little Titanic there. How, how,
1: long, how long did it take you to come up with that one? Yeah, a little Titanic
0: yeah. there. That one, that was organic. That was
1: bit- the, ty- the Titanic really? thing was organic. Yeah. I figured that was one of you kind of like, much you, I figured like, you had much the letter like, pen. And then much much like bit. Jack,
0: Matt, much like Jack, I will never let go. I am a Bears fan for life. Stop stabbing me in the heart.
1: Wow. Side note, that was on TV the other day, Titanic. Was it? End of the movie always bothers me because there's plenty of room on that door for the both of them just hop up here. Yeah, she, it might be a, I think it was a buoyancy issue. I, don't, I think it yeah. was horrible. Well, you know, you you give it a shot and then if it's if it sinks and then you hop up. But you, there's room on the door for the both of them. Just give it a shot. Women and children,
0: just women and children.
1: Before I get to mine, you, you, you obviously you're still touching on the draft. Um you were, we obviously talked some quarterbacks. I think it was three went in the first round. Where is your who who is your No, I'm sorry. You had three and then Kaisers in the second round. So who who of the the big four quarterbacks? Uh, Watson, Mahomes, Trubisky, and Kaiser. Uh, who who's in the best spot? I really think the
0: best situation is Deshaun Watson and he was my number one quarterback coming into this draft. I hate the the winner argument because Tim Tebow was a winner Yeah, and, and see that the winner argument you, does You can take that, that
1: that's it, that's a nice little that, that's a bonus and you can kind of use that, like, that exactly. that's nice to have that in the back, be but that's wh- not you make break. A that. that can't and I don't be your think top. that's yeah
0: I don't think that's why you buy Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson showed that he could react in the moment on a big stage, and that's very important. But he also showed a lot of intangibles. He's got to adjust his game. I've made the comparison before, much like a Russell Wilson. Maybe make that running ability a a complement to the passing game. Definitely is a little errant with the throws, but... He has the arm strength, so if you can kind of rein him in a little bit, you've got one of the league's best defense. I think he's in the best
1: position to succeed out all four of these guys right away. Right away, yes. I, I I'll, Just to play devil's advocate here, I, I think I might go actually with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Because Avi, I, I think I told you this, I, I hate the, well, he's got a really strong arm as his, you know, his top selling point, his top billing point, and just because as a Bears fan, we've been burned by that. Uh, thanks, yeah. Jay. But he's in a <laughs> he's in such a good spot in Kansas City. He's not going to have to play for two, three years. He's not going to be pressured to play for two, three years. You know, Trubisky here doesn't have to play for two years, but you know, after you know, we start out on four Bears fans and you know radio hosts and talking heads are gonna be saying, "Yeah, it's time to give the kid a shot, but that's yeah. here nor there. Uh doesn't have to play for two or three years. He's got an offensive mind, Nandy Reid, who say what you want about his clock management, knows how to run an offense, knows how to take care of a quarterback. And he's got Alex Smith in front of him to learn from, who has done this before with Colin Kaepernick, and you know Colin Kaepernick obviously became that star for a few years. So I think he is in in the long term. Maybe he's—I don't think he's the best quarterback, but I think he is in the best position to succeed long term. Because if Deshaun Watson goes into Houston, and has a couple bad years, I think it might be a much quicker hook on him yeah. than Kansas City's going to have with Patrick Mahomes. He's got you all the how, time. You the-
0: saw how quick the hook can come in oh, Houston God, Brock. with the Brockweiler.
1: Oh, man. The Brockett ship. <laughs> brocket Is there a big, been a bigger fall from grace that quickly? From, were you thinking of any NFL quarter? I'm just kind of spitballing here. Off the I was going to say O.J. Simpson. But, uh, well, let's – come on, Joe.
0: <laughs> you just said fall from grace. I,
1: I meant in terms of NFL talent, not in terms of um, going to jail. Jesus, Joe.
0: A non-prospect that showed – I don't know.
1: I mean, that was – because he was, you know, he was leading the best – you know best defense in the Broncos in the NFL to, you know, the playoffs and then has one bad game and Peyton comes back in and then he signed a four-year, you know, 60 yeah, plus bad. million dollar deal and then then he did that last year. Jesus so yeah, I'm going to stick
0: I'm going to stick with OJ then. I'm going to say OJ, final okay. answer.
1: That's probably fair. You're, you're probably right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you've got you've got an issue you want to bring to light here too, don't you?
1: I do. Um Air it it's out. it's going it's going to sound a little bit weird because I am a White Sox fan. I'm admitted I'm an admitted White Sox fan. But I'm seeing way and granted it's a way to get some clicks, a way to get some people, you know, away from the original story from what we thought was going to be this year with the White Sox. But I'm seeing way too many people writing these articles, sending out these tweets saying, you know, the White Sox are back, White Sox can compete in the division, White Sox can do this and that, White Sox rebuilds complete. Joe Musso Sr., my father. That's that's the, the mouthpiece of that movement. Go on. Well, <laughs> It, the the problem is we we thought kind of the same thing a little bit last year and we grand wasn't rebuilt we, we've been fooled into seeing this movie before we've yeah. been fooled into seeing thinking maybe they're going to be different names but this they're they're the same person I guarantee it we've been fooled into seeing Derek Holland and Miguel Gonzalez and James Shields as sustainable successful pitchers in a rotation it's not going to happen they're all off to hot so it could you know, maybe they do for one year you know all pitch off their ass. And, you know, this is their career year and the, the Sox can get to an AL Central and, you know, whatever. This isn't sustainable. Stay the course. I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified as a White Sox fan that all three of those pitchers are going to be having career years come the trade deadline. And instead of staying pat, or instead of selling, we're going to stay pat or we're going to go out and buy. And these guys are all going to blow up in the second half and it's going to come over and screw us again. And it's, so. It's, Go
0: ahead. If I'm not mistaken, here you're saying
1: guard from sh- short-sightedness. Could I say? You could say that. Could I could. say that? <laughs> With the White Sox, more than just about any other team in town, and other than the Bulls, but same owner. Um, stay the course. Stay the course. I, the Chris Sale thing and the Adam Eaton thing. Great starts, but don't let a false start like this fool you, like it did last year, like it, like it has in the past. This is not a complete team. There are still so many things that we can get, you know, so many prospects that we can get back from moving a guy like, like a Derek Holland at the trade deadline. If he's having a career at the trade deadline, he's not a fit for the White Sox. But if the L.A. Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants are looking for a, you know, a third or fourth starter to come help them out, they will overpay for him. The White Sox did it last year for James Shields. There's always a market for pitching at the deadline, and the White Sox have three of them if they keep pitching this way in Miguel Gonzalez, James Shields, and Derek Holland. That they can bring back big returns and they can keep expediting these through this rebuild, you know, even farther. Just don't fall back into the same trap. The White Sox are winning on the same methods they did last year. They have a bullpen, you know. They have Tommy Kainley, who is apparently the new Matt Albers. He now can't be hit out of the bullpen. Nate Jones, who's you know off to a career start. Granted, he'll 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 start sucking again. And David Robertson, who's you know out to that fast start that he gets to every year. These guys are all going to tumble at some point. And I also think that's when we're gonna learn a lot about our new manager and Ricky Reneria, because Robin Ventura was never able to pull them out of that tumble. And it'll be interesting to see what Reneria can do once they start to get in that first slide, once they, you know, lose four in a row for the first time. Once you know they give up a seven to one lead in the ninth to Kansas City.
0: Are we gearing up for another bench clear? Cubs socks. Like, is there oh. is there Ricky bad blood Reneria? Like, is he still is there a grudge to be held there or no?
1: Yeah. Ricky's staying the course. I, think you're, more, you in the I think, think, think you're more likely to see a, a fans benches clearing brawl or stand, stadium clearing brawl because now White Sox fans finally have a little bit of reason to think that they deserve some attention and they're going to get a little bit over a little bit jealous that the Cubs are you know still getting all the media stuff
0: and to to air it out I am completely I, I'm partisan I was raised a White Sox fan but I, I'm just as interested in the Cubs and they were fun to watch last year but on both sides of town, you can't get carried away. You're 23 games into the season. And speaking of – like when we're talking about the Sox, they're only – they're three games like, above 500. So it's not like they got out to a gangbuster start that would warrant uh, some rethinking of the plan. So I do completely agree with you in that vein that – um
1: yeah, they got up to a nice start. There is a lot yeah, of maximizing that can be done. 13 and 10 now, but that's with Cleveland absolutely limping out of the gate. There is going to be a point this year where Corey Kluber starts pitching like an ace again. Edwin Encarnacion starts hitting like an MVP again, and Cleveland's going to take off with that division. It's not going to be very close.
0: Biggest surprise Kansas City Royals. Just bottom a lot just, of feeding there. Right I, I don't. Game
1: talked about falls from grace earlier i mean they looked like when they won that world series that they were set up for the future for, the for a long few years offense. yeah it, so. it looked like they, they were winning all with young talent but i guess that's Can the that cubs ever, the cubs did a nice job building their lineup but also worrying about pitching adding pitching the royals never really did that yeah i mean even r.i.p yordano ventura was their ace and he was in a world series team in a world series team he was i guess i'm sorry i shouldn't say that he was an ace on their world series team but he wasn't really an ace yeah. He was an ace because they had, you know, their bullpen who would come in and you know six, seven, eight, nine and be completely like that All those pitchers had to do was go five. And that's yeah. kind of where you start started to see that new bullpen trend where you let your guys kind of go out of the bullpen for so long. But the, the Royals just never addressed pitching. And that's kind of what's leading to this. Their offense is is still young and it's gonna be there, but they just they never went out and got those starters to help those guys out to make it sustainable.
0: Yep, gotta have the bullets.
1: Gotta have the bullets, man. They don't well, have
0: them. Do we uh cue up cue up Ave Maria here? Do a quick little you want to do a little quick Bulls eulogy season end final thoughts what what are your final thoughts on this team?
1: Just kind of
0: remember go
1: It's it, it's it's tough just because da, 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 da. you was that throwing you off? It was a little bit, a little bit. Okay, you, you, you were hitting the high note in my ear. It was a little bit. <laughs> It's it's just, it, I'm feeling the same way I felt all year. It's just, I'm kind of, I don't know what to think. I, I know what they should do, but I don't know what they're going to do. It's exactly what I thought going into the playoffs. I, I thought literally nothing they do will surprise me. Going into this offseason, literally nothing they do will surprise me.
0: Yeah. If they
1: stay the course and, you know, they convince Wade to opt back in, they bring back Rondo, don't trade Butler, that won't shock me. If Wade decides it's not worth it to be back here, he leaves, they trade Butler, they let Rondo walk. Not going to surprise me either. Anything they can do, it's which is not, a, not, good to, not a good way to It's not a good way to feel about the, you know the team yeah. you root for. You. Yeah, I have no idea what they're going to do, and it doesn't surprise me. And it's too unpredictable. Well, I, they, I don't.
0: I mean, the move this year was to build on brittle bones, and you saw what happened with Rondo there at the end of the season. I, I really think D Wade. I had low, low expectations for Dwayne Wade this season, and I think he met, if not exceeded, those oh, expectations. God. But. You definitely have a depreciating asset there as, as well as Rondo. And I think that it would really be a shame to see Jimmy go, but it's almost one of those situations where you love Jimmy so much or Ooh. I love Jimmy so much that you almost would rather see him somewhere where he could be successful. It's Chris,
1: he, he's Chris Sale. Yeah. He's Chris that, Sale. That,
0: that's exactly right. Like I'm, I am i couldn't be more happy that Chris Sale somewhere now where – he can feel the intensity of a postseason and maybe go win a championship. And I'd love to see that for Jimmy too. And it's such a shame that I have this almost empathy for the players and not sympathy for the players and not for the team. Oh,
1: you can empathize, Joe. You were there.
0: Uh, yeah, I've never Remember? been there. You know? yeah. I've been to the United Center, but that's as close as
1: we've been. Hey, you were on the football field for a couple of years there. You play a little D3 football.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it, it's great to always be in the conversation. And that was one thing that at Wesleyan we were lucky enough to to usually be in the conversation for conference and, uh-huh. and try to make a run there. So when you're not competitive, you lose a lot. You lose a lot from a lot of talented people when you're not competitive. So staying competitive is something that's very important, I think, for the Bulls moving forward. And uh, they're definitely at a point where, like you said, they could go – one way and blow the thing up and, and they could go another way and try and patch up some holes. So it'll be interesting to see what they do do this. I'm just, I'm
1: just terrified that Rondo is there. Rondo's broken, broken thumb, excuse me. Is there reason to say, Hey, you know, we we're right there. We we're going to beat the one seed. So yeah. let's, let's <laughs> keep doing it. Let's add a piece or two. Let's no, no, no. <laughs> just no, don't, no, don't.
0: no. So that, that's your, that's your message to the Bulls. Runoff. Just do
1: whatever you're thinking. Just don't. The opposite. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Oh, Lord. I'd be great well, it, was, it, was definitely,
0: it was definitely a fun season down the stretch, and I can't say that I was too locked in for the first, let's say, 41.
1: But um, It's hard to be locked but, in for more than the first 80 in the NBA are, just because yeah, of, are, I, I uh, can uh, tell you who's going to be in the finals.
0: Everybody loves a roller coaster, and they were definitely a roller coaster ride.
1: That is true to say the least. Joe, I got one or two more questions here for you. Shoot, Boun- bouncing back to the draft for a second. Ugh. You're uh no, it's it's a little. It's more of a lie. just do it. This. You're uh, I'm not. What? I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not even talking about <laughs> the Bears here, man. Settle yeah. down. Go ahead. You're a uh, you're a big you're a big clothes guy. You're a big fashion guy.
0: Big clothes guy. Big, big
1: clothes guy. You like wearing clothes. Who is of all the the those first round draft picks you saw walk across the stage? What'd you like? What'd you see?
0: Well, you know. I'm I'm a little bit reserved I like no, i like the not. classic style i like no I like classic style you know a little flair here a little flair there
1: but you were, were probably talking- you were probably championing uh what's it Dante Fowler spiked shoes from a couple years ago and he got drafted. Those were – well, if you
0: saw, if you saw um, Kaiser, Deshaun Kaiser – or no, was it Watson? Watson. It might have been built. Watson. Watson took the spikes built. to the next level. He had like the Mad Max Fury roads going. Also, oh, what's the deal pretty pretty with squeezy. these guys
1: – you might be able to answer this better than I am. What's the deal with these guys going barefoot in their dress shoes?
0: Um, that's that's also I think when you're wearing that loafer type shoe, no, you got to wear the, a sock. little little secret little sartorial secret here. There might
1: be a no-show sock under there. Okay, you got to the, have socks, socks because there's that's that's you got yeah for trouble. You're asking you got to get the you you're go, you go the deep with the next, gold bond. Asking what that smell is. It's not a gonna veteran
0: a veteran loafer wear. You go deep with the gold bond.
1: Okay, so you're not a big loafer. Powder them
0: up and then you get in there with a no-show sock, but. My favorite look of the night, because it is draft night, you got to kind of fire from the hip, you got to let it fly a little bit. Jamal Adams looked great. He he's a sharp looking guy. Of and course, he was wearing that double. Yeah, and I, it is the guy I wish we would have had on the team. But if we're talking strictly from a fashion standpoint, little double breasted number, white with a blue check. It was flashy, but it wasn't over the top. And then you got your guys that went classic, like like a Solomon went classic, nice red tie, blue suit. You can never go wrong with a nice power tie and a well-fitting suit. If I got to go worse dressed and I don't want to rag on the kid, but Mitch Trubisky's, oh, suit, come on. Mitch Trubisky's suit didn't fit and it was from 1992 off Wall Street. He was wearing a three-piece with like 72 buttons up the, the vest. You got to trust me on this one, Matt. Not a good look.
1: I, Not a good look. I trust you because you. you he just was know all more gray. He subject. was in all
0: gray. What's wrong with gray? It's neutral. There's nothing wrong with gray, but let's give me something. It's neutral. He wore those shoes at his eighth grade graduation. I feel hey,
1: like. they're probably nice. They're b- they nice they were and broken. They're in. old. They're old faithful. Nice and broken. Everyone's in. got that old pair of shoes.
0: And then we also do have to mention a little shout out to to Wish Forever the Foundation. The that Wish was, was
1: I, I, I didn't know that was happening. The, the, the tweets neither, I started rolling I out on were so cool.
0: Yeah, a, a, a huge thank you to Deshaun Kaiser for you know.
1: He's repping. totally going to listen to this too.
0: Yeah, well, if he does, Deshawn, if you get it, is is it's much appreciated. Um, call me; I want to talk scheme. Um, that's all I have to say to him. But yeah, really cool that that he he took some time to to bring the memory of Andrew Wisher alive in the NFL draft, and and the fact that this mission of Helping young kids and their families battling cancer can once again be brought to the forefront. is is something that can't go without being said. So huge move there by by the Notre Dame football family and by uh, the Andrew Wisher Foundation.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just a little bit too bad that he didn't go, you know, night one and can kind of flash the jacket a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Other question I had for you. I think this is a good one. I was. uh, Wait, you gotta. You can't
0: give me your best dress. You didn't see something you liked off the racks.
1: Uh no, I'm not a big uh okay. not a big clothes guy. No, you know Never. who did look? You know who did look? Uh Dory Jackson. I liked I liked what he did some sort of light, light suit.
0: Did he have an elastic waistband on that you were very taken by that?
1: No, I'm a belt guy. You're a belt guy? I'm a belt guy. <laughs> All right. Big belt guy. Big belt guy. Um throw me off here. You just caught me off guard with the Second clothes. i not a clothes guy. Freaking. Second out. question. Second question. Would you trust more going into the future, leading the Chicago Bears, Ryan Pace or Theo Epstein? That's, That's a good such question, a, like, right? That's a good question, a, though. It's a
0: great topic that we could riff on. But, like, just to answer that question, there's nothing Theo Epstein can't do, right? I hate to admit there's, it, but it's you're right. Like what He's probably made, you know, between his two World Series runs, or his three, but his two – Curse-breaking runs. The moves he made leading up to those—you got to look at the number of moves he made and the success rate of those moves. Uh, he's just—he's got the winning formula, and that formula might only be applicable to baseball. For the sake of debate, I'm going to say Theo Epstein because I'm not really high on. on yeah, well, I, I know Bates how you feel right about now. Ryan
1: Pace. I'm, I'm not really amped feel. up
0: on Ryan Pace right now, so we're going to go Theo Epstein on that one.
1: Now another. Minor topic that kind of not, even, not minor, it's a little bit more important than that, but it came up. Uh, it was over the week, yeah, Friday night. Blackhawks shipped off, um, local hero, local boy, whatever you want to call him, Scott Darling, Carolina, Scotty D. And of course, the uh, the, the Hawks meatballs, the Twitter were out, you know, saying, you know, it was the worst trade, Hawks are done, all that stuff. We actually had, I you know, I, I work over at CSN, and our, our poll question last night on our 10 o'clock show was, you know, what what move do you feel more comfortable about in Chicago sports? What move do you like better? Drafting Mitchell Trubisky, trading Scott Darling, or you hate both? Feeling good about trading Scott Darling was at 3%. What the hell else were the Blackhawks going to do with Scott Darling? Yeah, you have no
0: options. You can't were you
1: keep... were you going to trade Corey Crawford after the, that playoff performance? After he was literally the only reason you didn't lose five to nothing every game, instead of just get swept and keep it close? Is that what you want to do? You want to trade the guy who's won two cups to save one and a half million on the cap?
0: I think that there's still a large
1: number of there are people hate Crawford, and I don't understand. No, and I wasn't they... I wasn't even going to go
0: that direction, but there's a large number of casual Hawks fans that might not understand NHL caps might not understand caps in sports in general that just think it's still 1965 and you could have Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris on the same team. Like that's not the era of sports we live in anymore. And your backup goalie when he's talented is going to go get a big contract somewhere else. And when you have, like you said, a franchise goalie who kept you alive in the playoffs for
1: whatever life you had left.
0: Yeah. That's your guy until he says otherwise.
1: And I, I also found it interesting, darling, it was traded to Carolina, who it used to be Florida, who was kind of, you know, the, the Blackhawks South where we shipped off all of our uh, our unaffordables anymore. And now it's looking, it's, it's Carolina. You've seen Scott Darling, Brian Bickle, Tevo, Terra Ter- eh, Teravine, and Victor Stahlberg. So just, they're the new Blackhawks South. It's like, and it's not a bad farm city or bad, you know, team to try and get all the, uh, the washouts from but it's it's funny just to see kind of this second consecutive team of the new era kind of being the new team that goes out and gets all of the old blackhawks
0: yeah and look how that worked out for the first era of blackhawks south
1: it, it you it turned only- turn forward around i mean they, granted they haven't won anything but it got them from being a basement dweller to
0: so yeah we'll do some we'll do some, char- we'll do some charity work in our meantime and take some take some franchises out of the bottoms but um
1: we're good people I think that
0: yeah i think that Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna go back on the the office level, if we're gonna talk about front offices, who is your most trustworthy front office in Chicago right now?
1: Oh, I hate to say it, it's absolutely the Cubs. Chicago Cubs. What is Theo Epstein? Theo Epstein ever? has Theo Epstein ever done to make, to make me you not, doubt? He make is, me doubt is, anything that he does? Yeah, there's not He everything he does you know, touches turns to gold. He is the baseball whisper or whatever you want to call them. And that could,
0: very, that could very easily overshadow what what the Bowmans do on a year-to-year basis, but still really happy with the job that they're doing.
1: I'm happy with the job that they're doing, but I think this year you finally saw them kind of – they got a little bit caught in the past a little bit too much. And yeah. I, I think somewhere the down the line, players. I think it was – exactly, a, a little bit after uh, you know the original rift between – Quenville and Bowman in 2011 when Quenville, you know, threatened in Florida with going to Montreal. You saw Stan try to go back towards, you know, getting the players that Joel likes, getting the players that Q likes to have on his roster, makes him feel safe and comfortable at night when he goes to bed before a playoff game. Ooh. Those guys got a little <laughs> bit. I'm, I'm not knocking Joel Quenville because I, I if felt I was like the coach you were too, a little I'd, there. And it, it felt went, like not, you were, no, but you were it, gearing it's, up. It's easy to fall into a trap of you know, liking what you know. And granted, this Everybody year, he, loves to be comfortable. He did a little bit better of a job, not, not a little bit better, a lot better of a job this year of trusting the younger guys and kind of letting them roll. But I think when it came down to the deadline, you saw Stan Bowman go out and acquire a 36-year-old much slower and injured Johnny Oduya because Q knows him, Q likes him, Q trusts him. Yeah, And the year before, you went and saw Stan go out and acquire an older, slower, worse finisher, Andrew Ladd, than we saw last time he was here. It would, he's been making these moves. He traded Philip DeNoe, who could have been a, a center down the middle for the Blackhawks, not a top two, but a you know, number three, number four center for the Blackhawks the next 10 years down the middle. You could even go for, back to
0: the Steger move.
1: Getting Steger back in, yeah, and- it's it's and some of them worked out. In 2015, it absolutely worked out. But I, I think we're going to see a little bit back going to. I think that's what the Mike Kitchen move kind of started with. His stands kind of taking his friend, not his franchise, but his roster back a little bit. I'm the captain. It, 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 it's exactly. He's the captain now. <laughs> He's. It, I'm going to pick the roster. You're going to coach him, and we're going to go from there. And I I I think that's why you saw a little bit of anger, a little bit of urgency out of. him. Yeah.
0: Well, Maddie. Speaking of anger, thank you for letting me get some of mine out here today. It oh, was, I was uh, afraid if I didn't it was let see you, you were going to explode over there. It was therapeutic. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to pray for the bears, and uh, we're going to see how this all this all shakes out, man.
1: Uh, I I think it's going to turn out better than you think. I really well, do. I will be the I will be the first one at the parade. When we, when we it won't happens. know we won't know it in, three in three 2045. Years. I'll hey. be there. If I'm alive in 2045 and there's a parade, I'll be happy.
0: <laughs> I hope you are. Uh,
1: we'll go see. for a run. Yeah it's, yeah, it's so far, and i got we'll go to go downstairs we'll see. and then run around. It well, seems Maddie, like the whole thing.
0: Like I said, thanks for getting me on here and, uh, and letting me air it out. It was, it was a pleasure. We're going to be doing this every Monday. Uh, post should
1: hit Monday afternoon evening, correct? Uh, I, I, I plan on having this out here. If it, People who are listening are obviously going to be hearing it already. But uh, once we hang up here, I'm going to drop in a couple couple of audio clips, and we'll get it out here hopefully by the end of the morning.
0: Flash it up. Cool. So we'll have these out Mondays, Monday afternoons. We want to thank everybody for listening to the first Moose and Runes podcast. There will be plenty more to come. I swear I will bring an air of positivity to the podcast. Um, Just give me a reason to, please, Chicago Bears. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we had a blast, Matt.
1: Yeah, uh, you you got a little fired up. I got a little laid back. I think that's uh, I think that's how we've been doing things for a long time now. I think it works out for us pretty well. So uh, we're, we're last segment here is uh, we're we're gonna trade off weeks. Joe and I shutting down the podcast. We're gonna have a couple final thoughts, maybe thirty seconds a minute, just kind of talk about something near and dear to not near and dear to our hearts, but something that's uh you know going on in sports caught our eye. Maybe not everybody's you know thinking about talking about. And I was watching. It's my turn this week. Joe's going to take next week. I was watching the uh, the Ducks-Oilers game last night, and I'm not going to talk about the national anthem where you know the Oilers fans sang the American national anthem, Star Spangled Banner, which was awesome, really cool. But what we're seeing in Edmonton is it's becoming it's, – it's ushering a new era in of hockey. And I, I think when Connor McDavid got drafted by the Edmonton Oilers, you saw a guy who was – dub the next one who, you know, down the line, he's going to be the next Sidney Crosby. He's going to be the next best player in the NHL. And I think we're at the point just a year and a half, I'll say a half because he spent most of the last year injured, a year and a half into seeing he's no longer the next Sidney Crosby. He is the best player in the NHL. He's getting to a point where it's not if I'm picking a guy for the future for a picking guy who I want to lead my franchise for the next, you know, 10 years, he's, he's, he's the number one guy you're taking. If I need to win one game tonight, I want Connor McDavid centering my first line. He's my number one go-to guy. And I think it's cool. It's not something you see in sports all the time where you see the next prodigy. We have probably haven't seen it since, you know, Sidney Crosby, LeBron James came into their respective leagues, Mike Trout coming into baseball to a lesser extent, but I think it's really, really cool what we're seeing now. And I think, whether you're a casual hockey fan, whether you're not even a big hockey fan, whether you're a hardcore hockey fan, tune in, watch some Edmonton Oilers hockey. This kid is, is absolutely the real deal. The, the goal he scored last night should have been number one on everybody's highlight reel. He is he's the next thing, and he's arrived. So that's it for Moose and Runes. I'm going to shut it down. Joe, thanks a lot. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Another one.